These are the Stanley Cup champions cheering for us. Obi could beat the fuck out of Wayne Gretzky. Could you break Wayne Gretzky's record? Because he's 24! The smoke blinds from straight 40s before I go out for warmies. We got like half dressed and then last four, and we we're just going nuts. We're in the locker room by then. We we're just going absolutely bananas. What it do, DMV? Episode 71 of Chirpin' DMV. Happy Tuesday. Happy game day. It's game four. The Caps are on the brink of elimination. And we're going to get to all that. But first, let's say what's up to the boys. KP, what's going on, man? How was your weekend? How are you holding up? Uh, awesome weekend, other than some Caps losses. But we'll get into that later. AB, what's going on with you? The, the big move. You're down in Florida now. For those of you that may not be keeping up with the postgame show. And if you aren't, you're kind of an idiot for that. So what's going on with you, man? How was your weekend? How are things? Uh, yeah, first weekend in Florida. It was pretty fun. I actually laid low Friday night because um, I, I had an early Friday interview or Saturday interview. So And, and we had the Caps game. We had the Caps post game after, which is pretty late already. Um, so laid low Friday. Saturday we went out. There's, there's this, like, sick pier um, with, like, a bunch of, like, bars on it and, like, stores and shit like that. And so we went to that pier, um, had a good time out there. And then, um, yeah, just kind of just went went back to the pool, uh, de- deleted some more beers, and that was about it. And then here we are, down three zero in a series. Yeah, pretty 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 caps filled weekend. Like you said, Friday night, game night, game two that was. I mean, got hammered. We had a two beer period minimum pace post game show. Shitty loss. Uh, but was fired up, pretty buckled for the post-game show. The funny thing is I went back and watched it the next day because I, like, I kind of forgot a lot of the shit that I talked about or we even said because I was kind of that fucked up. So I was, like, re-watching, like, holy shit. And then Saturday went hiking a bit up near Baltimore, took the dogs, drank some beers, and then Sunday was same thing, man. Game three, early game, post-game show, all that good stuff. But, yeah, I, well, let's start with that. Guys, Twitter post-game show, the live show. Yeah, it's it's kind of popped off. We appreciate everybody that's tuned in. We appreciate everybody that's watched. I mean, we're at a couple hundred views of video. We got fans from the Islanders saying we they're Isles fans, but they're it's the best post game show on the internet. This, that, and the other. So we appreciate the support on that. We really hope we can keep going at least a couple more games. We were thinking it was going to be somewhat of a deep run, at least a minimum at minimum a second round run, so we could get a couple games in. But fuck. Let's get into it. We're looking – we're on the brink of a sweep right now. I mean, game four today, tonight, 8 p.m., and we're on the verge of elimination right now. We're recording Monday nights. So we, we're not – we can't sit here and tell you if there's been any line changes this side or the other because they obviously haven't been released yet because that is day of. But let's start with UAB. I mean, what are your overall thoughts on the series? And, guys, we're not putting the audio like we said we would from the past three postgame shows because we kind of want to look at the series as a whole right now. We kind of want to break it down from what the Caps need to do moving forward if we want to survive. So, A.B., let's start with you. All right. Well, I mean, I if I could go for about an hour just by myself here. Um, yep. So, I guess we'll start with uh, the first thing that I think is that this team did not change from what we saw in February and March, and actually starting in January, February and March. And I said that – I kind of said that in the round-robin play um, – it just, it just wasn't – It nothing changed. It, it felt like that we had the same problems. Our power play still doesn't look good, even though they have converted kind of decently in the series. It, it hasn't looked great at times. Um, it definitely didn't look great in the round-robin play. 
uh, we our defensive play as a unit looks awful, and we were for the for the regular season we were blaming it on our six D men, but at this point I don't think it's completely their fault. It's like it's a five man unit in each zone, and we're not playing like that at all in any zone. Um, that's so that's another issue. Uh, we're taking too many penalties, which we were we were the most penalized team in the NHL all season long. We took another like six or seven last game, obviously. Uh, that I mean, some people will say that's not a coaching issue; that's a player issue. Uh, I kind of disagree at this point. Um, what else? I mean, it's just there, and there's no execute. Even when Todd, like, even if it's even if you don't blame it on Todd, and it is an execution problem, that's also another problem that we have to go through. It's execution which we're not doing. I mean, that that overtime goal, if you go back and look at it, John Carlson is giving a maximum 65% effort on that play. It looked really, really bad by him. And it's like there's no desperation in our game. We're down 2 nothing in a series, and there's no desperation. We looked like we didn't even care to play in this game. It's It just is like there, there's so many things wrong with this team, and – we're like we kind of decided at that point where it's like this is the team we were, this is the team we are. Like this, uh-huh. it's 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 very very frustrating to watch. Like it, it seems like there's only one player that really cares that much, actually maybe two, and it's Nick Jensen and Alex Ovechkin, and and actually I'll add Brandon Dillon in there too. It looks like those are the only three that actually care. Oh, she's and oh she's pushing it a bit. Yeah, oh she's. Oh, she's not playing terrible, but he's all. But he also hasn't like. I mean, he had his one game, but I mean, after that, he hasn't yeah. really been relevant. Like he's well, been kind. Of, that whole second line has disappeared. I mean, I know yeah. Basham's gone, but even when Basham was there, it's like they haven't. Really, they didn't really do anything then either. Mm-hmm. Well, that's nailing it on the head when you're saying he had, about Oshie having one good game. I mean, that's like the, most of the guys. Even Jensen, he didn't have three good games. He had he had that one good game the last game. I, then, I thought he, I thought he's played fine in every single game, and then he well, played yeah. really good in that last I, game. I haven't, I haven't thought the defense was a problem. Game one, two, or three. Mm-hmm. Game three, probably the worst. Game three, the worst, which is why I don't understand. Todd came out Sunday morning with defensive changes when our problem is offense. Game one and two, you have one goal scorer. They have. I don't, wouldn't don't say do anything they, offense. Game yeah. three, one goal scorer. Yeah, I mean, they haven't been a problem, but I don't think they've been overly great, obviously. I mean, we've had a lot of issues as well in that department, but I think the lack of offense and how badly our offense is playing kind of overshadows that. I mean, KP, 3 nothing in a series. When you're down 3 nothing in a series, you're, you chalk it up as you're eliminated, you know? I mean, you got to win four straight games. The statistics of that are highly unlikely. A lot of people are still optimistic. They're looking at it as we're still the superior team in terms of the roster. If you look at the list – we're the superior team, but it's it's a situation where we might lose, you know, four straight games to a lesser team that is led by our former coach. And also, dude, listen. Look, I mean, look. If you look at it this way, dude, names on rosters don't get like don't even fucking matter anymore. Look at fucking no. Toronto. They didn't even make it past the fucking qualifying round. Look well, at definitely Pittsburgh. Not They're this gone. Year. Definitely not this year. Like I mean, and, and last year, that I would well, say yeah, the and and last year, year I, I I agree, but like. Definitely this year. This year, names, names on rosters, different. names on rosters do not matter anymore. Everyone has the same skill level in the NHL at this point, except for like maybe the top ten players. It feels like it just like it. If your team buys into the system that your coach is putting forth, 
and they are selling out for every single block shot and getting mm -hmm. pucks out when they need to and they're just and they're just winning all the puck battles in the corners and the board play that's what feels like is winning in the NHL right now maybe not during the regular season regular season big names stick out but in the playoffs it all goes out the window I agree I mean so here's a tweet from Ted Starkey Every Capitals coach hired since 1981 who didn't win a playoff series in their first two seasons didn't get to coach into a third, except for Glenn Hanlon, who was in a rebuild. He didn't list the names off, but that's kind of interesting. And we'll get to this in a bit here. We'll get to Todd. We'll, <laughs> we'll do our normal Todd talk. But uh, let's just kind of go over these games. I mean, kind of briefly, let's start with let's start with game one. It's a 4-2 Islanders win. It's, it's, it's a game that the Caps had a 2-0 lead in and eventually blew. And it was a – two-goal effort by Oshie. I mean, we're looking at a series, whereas we've had goals by three people and one person scoring a game, KP. You've mentioned that you mentioned on the post-game show. Oshie had the two goals in game one, Ovi the two goals in game two, and then Kuznetsov the only goal in game three. But let's start with game one right there. It's a blown 2-0 lead, and A.B., just the Islanders come back and whoop us. Yeah, I mean, I don't – like, you have a 2 nothing lead, I, and I said this watching the game, do not pump the brakes here. You need to get one more goal in order to win this game. Mm -hmm. I, I I could just see it because it's it it was kind of how they played in the regular season too. They kind dude they just played to their opponent a little bit. They were they were kind of dominating them. They they out hit them, um, and it just it it felt like oh shit this is the team that we have been waiting for kind of all season long. This this like we're gonna have a long playoff run after that first period. It felt like and the second mm -hmm. period, and then I mean. Right there at the end of the second game, is when that goal goes in and kind of say everything that, that tanks. First, right. That that first game is kind of a almost a fluke game, I would say. Or not even a fluke game. It's just like like I like Holpe lets in a goal that he saves, I would say eleven times out of ten. Yeah, like I was gonna say Honestly. Times I think we've definitely point. established that Hope that was Holpe's worst game. He played bad that game. If he plays solid, we could have won that game. Yes, I think Hopi would take that game back out out of the three games. He would take game one back out of all because we have the luxury of looking back now and seeing how well he's played in game two and three, and be like, all right, that game was a fluke. Whereas at the time, it was like, fuck, man, like this is bad, and that Samsonov injury is looking even worse now because if we have to make a goalie change, we got to go with the guy with no NHL experience. Yeah, and right. you're also we're also looking at probably most likely a one nothing series lead. And then they tie it up one one. It's two to one, and we're not as right now. We wouldn't be as depressed as we are. We're like, all right, it's two to one. They they won in overtime. This is still a very tight series. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it's if we win next game, it's a best of three, and we can win that. And that like that's we have so much more confidence if we win that game. But that first game is just a uh, very unrealistic or un. I don't know what the word I'm looking for is right now, but like it's it's not like Holpe to do that and characteristic. Uncharacteristic, yeah, that's perfect. Nice, and, KP from the and, clouds, <laughs> <laughs> fucking right. And it's just like it, like you, you chalk that up on Holpe. Holpe will chalk that up on him too, I think. And it's just uh, I don't know. It's the games, games two and three. Like again, it, it's it's just a completely different story if we win that first game. Yeah, for sure. And then KP, we look at game two. <clears throat> it's a bounce back game. And it's a game where Ovechkin, our captain, scores 50 seconds into the game. So you got to be thinking, fuck yeah, we're bouncing back. We're, we're, we're going to play our game again. But the same story has unfolded throughout all three games. We just can't play a full 60 minutes. Yeah, I mean, what did we 
say a full 38 minutes in game one, I think is all we had. That was good hockey. Yeah. Game two, Ovi scores that goal. Like you said, you think the boys are going to get fired up. Your captain's coming out there. He's leading by example. He looks like he has a lot of energy and not, I don't know what they're doing. They're not getting hyped up on the bench. Maybe they're not into it because of no fans, because it's COVID they're away from the families. But after that goal, if they were in D.C., I think the whole bench would have been wild, would have been fired up. That goal, the whole arena would have been rocking, but they just got no energy off of that goal. And Like, I, I, I think the whole, like, the whole no fans thing, like, I mean, it, it very well is, a, like, yeah. could be a reason why. I mean, look at what Tuka Rass said. Well, they, said have to find, game... they have to find another way to motivate themselves. Yeah. Right. They usually get motivated. And, and that's what I'm saying. That's what, I, Kyle, I was going to get to that, like, it's like you're a professional athlete. This is your, this is pretty much your job. It's not even that you're playing for fun. Like you should very well be able to figure out a way to motivate yourself. Like we don't like, I mean, not that we're fucking professional athletes, but like in beer league, like we play our top games, like just because we fucking hate the other team that we're playing against half the time. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, I, like it doesn't matter about fans and it's, and, or it shouldn't matter about fans and, and when it comes to sports. Like, I just think like, if you have a hatred for a team, one, you should hate to lose. I don't know. Like, I don't know about you guys. Like, I feel like I hate losing more than I love winning, mm-hmm. which I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, but like, it's just like, as a professional athlete, you have to you have to figure that out. Even with when there aren't fans there, like, like if if especially if you're down to nothing in a series against like the same fucking team, it's like, all right, I'm gonna come out here and I'm gonna fucking murder every single one of these players. Right. Like, I, like I don't know. It's I, I do I do agree with you, but something that just popped in my head: we were never professional athletes, so I don't know what it's like to play in front of fans for like five or six years. Like maybe they got comfortable. I'm not I'm not arguing the point. I'm just saying it, that could be a. Yeah, I mean, you go to what took comfortable with the fans, you know? Yeah, he says it. Literally, every game has felt like an exhibition game to him. And next thing you know, he's out of the playoffs. Not saying that's the reason why. I also think it's a completely different story with goalies. Like that could be very well true with goalies. Like they're just like, all right, I need the pressure on me from all these fans watching me. Whereas, like, and I thought it'd be the opposite. I thought it'd be easier for goalies without the pressure. I think I, again, every goalie is different the because they're all yeah. yeah I'd say every goalie is different because they're all fucking weird. So yeah. I think some goalies are like, yeah, this is way fucking easier, and other goalies are probably like, man, this fucking sucks. Like, what am I playing for? You know what I mean? Which well, I mean, some yeah. some players that's might how, be that's like, how that. the whole Caps team looks. Remember, we said in the post game show the other day that it looks like a Tuesday night regular season game. Yeah, yeah it, for sure. And it really, did. I don't know. So we lose that game five to two. Islanders are getting scoring by committee, man. I mean, five different goal scorers in that game. Well, we've had three different goal scorers score in the entire series. Then we get to game three Sunday. Islanders come out. They score the first goal. And like KP said, it's maybe this is what we need because the past couple games we've got out to the good start. We've got the lead and then we've blown it. So maybe if the Islanders get, get on us early, jump on us, then we can come from behind. We can establish our game that way and then keep the pressure going. Didn't really seem that way. I mean, it took us until the set, late in the second period on a, a power play to score where Evgeny Kuznetsov finally gets on the board. He gets a goal. He played really well game three, his best game of the series. But then it's OT, and it's, like you said, it'd be the OT game winner for the Islanders was a sloppy play where Dylan doesn't even see Barzell until he's well, breaking past I'm, him. And then Carlson gives a half-ass half, half ass effort, and then he go, they walk right in and score. I'm not going to – I'm not going to – really blame dylan on that because no not at all 
but just watching the video, he has no idea he's there. Yeah, the skater, the, the, the skater with the puck is his guy. So uh, it, I will say this: it was ter- It was kind of really, really bad gap control by Brendan Dillon on on the puck carrier. Mm-hmm. But that's also it's also bad gap control because if you see, all three of our forwards are behind the fucking play. Look, yep. d- dude, look at that. Go back and look at it. Look how wide open that neutral zone is. And that's how it's been all series long. It's so fucking easy for the Islanders to get through the neutral zone and to get into our zone. Whereas if you look at it the other way around, Barry Trotz, that is his bread and butter, is clogging up that neutral zone and making it impossible for us to try to get in their zone with possession. And that is a coaching issue right there about Todd Reardon. Like, he's he's never really had that in his, like, in, in his tools, honestly. Like, he, Do we even play any system? I, I don't really know. I got to be quite I don't honest. see I don't one out there if, at all. If they're trying to know. do one, they're fucking that up. Yeah, I don't know if there is a neutral zone defensive unit that they have or a neutral zone play that they have, like some type of trap or anything like that that they that they have in their skill set at this point. Because well, I mean, they did it in 2018. I can remember it a couple times. They did good neutral zone traps. Oh, yeah. No, no. I'm, t- I'm, t- I'm talking about Todd Rudin. Like I don't know. But I'm saying the these are the same, the same player. I mean, the same. You're saying skill wise. I mean, most well, of the I same just, guys, I just right? Meant, like I meant, like on a like coaching, coaching skill set. Okay, coaching level, they don't have it. To I get what you're they, saying. They for some reason don't have a neutral zone trap or a neutral zone defensive uh, style system to combat what the Islanders are doing. And honestly, the Islanders aren't really doing anything. They're just coming through the neutral zone with speed because they have so much space in front of them. And it's like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? Like. Why is that a thing? Like, and why is Barry Trotz – well, Barry Trotz is the best coach. That's why he's doing this. But, like, Barry Trotz has a neutral zone trap that is – that makes it very, very hard for players like Kuzi to skate through the zone with possession of the puck. And he and knows that's right. exactly what we need to do to succeed, have our skilled players get it in for us. That's right. what every team needs to do to succeed, though. And it's it's so frustrating. Like, like – how do you? How does Todd Reardon not have the same thing? Like Barzell and Everly are skating through the neutral zone with the puck on their stick, like it's nothing. Anders Lee is too, and in, mm-hmm. even when they don't, if they're if they're dumping, they're they're pressing two guys hard, and they're pressing our our defense really fucking hard behind our own net, forcing turnovers. Like this is why, dude. Yep. I've never had any type of NHL experience. I haven't like really coached. I've coached like two years or one one and a half year. And I know this shit more than Todd Reardon does. What the fuck is happening? And don't give me this bullshit about how we're such a big and physical team and that's what helps us win because if if we were, then use it to our advantage. Chip and chase, man. Get the puck deep. Let Tom and Ovi just kind of pressure that puck. And we've seen it work at times. It's been tremendous. But then we shy away from it right afterwards. But leading into everything you said about trots, I mean, we talked about that before the series started in our previews and stuff. Like, the, the biggest storyline is – the Caps versus their former coach. Is he going to be able to pick us apart knowing everything about us? And I think if you ask any Caps fan, they don't see this as Islanders three, Caps nothing. They see it as Barry Trotz three, Todd Reardon nothing. And Absolutely. They, they look at I it that way. I don't way. know if you can completely say that anymore, though, now looking at the three games. Because I don't think the boys are giving effort. Agree, I, I agree that Todd looks like shit, but the, guy, the team as a whole looks like shit. And you can't put that solely on Todd. I mean, it's got to be some of the effort of of the guys in this locker room. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. I think it's both. I would agree. 
the, I would agree with that in game three, where the, the effort was just not there in a game that it needs to absolutely be there. Well, we haven't had a full 60 minutes of effort. Even no. game one, no. Game two, definitely not. Game three, definitely not. Yeah, so. Yeah, I mean, it's difficult to say. I mean, we might come out in game four, and if we see a completely different team with effort and energy, then maybe I'll feel a little bit more comfortable. Like, all right, if we actually put effort in and play a full game, we can actually beat these guys four times in a row, but I don't see it happening at all. Right. I think if a new team shows up, we, we're still in this because we haven't been ourselves yet, but it's very hard to believe it's going to happen. But well, have we not been ourselves, or are we just being our regular selves that we were the entire regular season? I think this team has another level. They do. I definitely the, think. The, prob- the, the question is, can they flip that switch, and is Todd able – can Todd find than- – fi- can Todd's walking into a dark room trying to find the light switch on the wall to turn it on. And I think it's not, it's not far. Like, in all these games, we have looked like shit. We're talking about the bad stuff. But somehow, some way, we have found our – we have gotten an opportunity to win every single one of these games. It's at, at the start of the third period. Right. Like, we were going into these games with chances. We're, we're, looks like we're getting blown out, but we're really not. We had a chance to win game three. Had a definite chance to win game one. Game two kind of got out of hand, but – I mean, yeah. I think we were right there and with five, minutes, it's, five it's, minutes left. Game so. three, we're a shot or a bounce away from <clears throat> winning that game. Let's, let's talk about this real quick. I mean, we put polls up on Twitter and Instagram today. What would be more heartbreaking, getting swept or forcing game seven and losing in overtime there? KP, you brought this up in the last postgame show, and I thought it was kind of a fun debate. So what, what, what would be more heartbreaking to you? Just a straight-up sweep and seeing this team just fucking crumble? in front of our eyes or just seeing them, seeing them come back a little bit, show some fight, and then losing on a bad bounce in game seven OT. So if I'm selfish, I'm going to say that I would, it would hurt more the game seven. It definitely, personally, it would hurt more. But I think I got to go with it, it's more embarrassing to get swept. Yeah. This, this, it, I know this team is better than this. I know these, this team can win against the Islanders in four games, and they have a chance to prove it. They just got to do it in four straight. So I'm I'm going with, with it's more embarrassing to get swept. Yeah, or, it, yeah, it's definitely more embarrassing to get swept. But I think it'd be more heartbreaking if we were to force that game seven and get some hope back into my bloodstream, get my dick a little hard, and then we just fucking choke it away, get some blue balls there, and boom, we lose it on some dumb shit bounce. What about you, AB? Yeah, hundred percent. I don't. There's it's no offense, Kyle, but it, there, there shouldn't even be a thing. the The question, the word is heartbreaking, and game seven overtime loss is a thousand percent more heartbreaking than getting swept. I like, I I don't think anyone else would argue that either. Like it's like, you're right. The the sweep is more embarrassing. The sweep is a thousand percent more embarrassing. But what's more heartbreaking, which was the question is a game seven overtime loss, especially if we win three in a row, we're like, Oh my God, if we win this and we get through this game seven, dude, we could win the cup. We finally clicked. We finally found it like this. This could be it right here. And then we lose in overtime in Game Seven. Oh yeah, I'm fucking crushed. I might, I might cry. But aren't you feeling a little better about yourself? I mean, the team at least no. performed. Not really. I mean, yes, but like it's still, still the same result. We have a my better heart, chance of seeing Todd on the hot seat if we get swept. My heart was, my heart would get crushed if we mm-hmm. lost, dude. Honestly, if we lose this Game Four, like I'm not going into it like, oh, like. God damn it, like, we really should have won. Like, if we lose game four, I'm going to be like, yep, saw that coming, which yeah. isn't heartbreaking. No shot you know here. I mean? Yeah. 
I mean, Reardon quote said, it's going to be our best effort of the year tomorrow. I believe in them. But my kind of question to that is, do they believe in you? Does this team believe in you as a coach? Uh, we'll see. So let's kind of talk about the positions uh, as a whole. We'll start with goaltending because I've seen some dumb shit on Twitter where people are saying Varlamov's outplaying Holpe. And that shouldn't even be a question in this series because, no, he's not. No, he's not. I hope he's had to stand on his head. Hope he's had the weather storms, whereas we're not getting any offense. We're not getting any shot attempts. We're not generating anything. He's just got to – Varlamov's got to go through the motions. Just because he's winning games and only letting up two, one to two goals a game because we haven't scored over two yet does not mean he's out playing Hopi, I don't think. I mean, what do you guys say? I would agree. I don't think it's him out playing Hopi at all. I think Hopi is out playing Varlamov, to be quite honest. Um, well, I guess you can't really say that either, but Hopi is standing on his head for this team. And Varlamov doesn't necessarily have to do that. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, we're not getting those big scoring chances. A couple of, we'll get a handful of game, which is unusual, I think, for us. Um, the only game I can say Varlamov might have played outplayed Holpi would be game one. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, sure. <clears throat> yeah, so that, that's quick and easy. Let's go to defense here. We've seen some changes in the defense between game two and game three. Kind of questionable, but – Let's, like I said, let's look at as a, at as a whole. Let's look at Dylan Carlson, Orlov, Jensen, Faye Harvey, Gudas. Um, shit, who am I missing here? Kempney. And, and Siegenthaler. I mean, here's a stat here. <clears throat> John Carlson, five on five, out, got out attempted 31 to 13 with him on the ice. And both goals were against him last game. John Carlson's doing the same thing as he did. He, he's, he plays how the team, if he goes as the team goes, I guess. Because, I mean, we talked about how, Carlson, yeah, he's had such an incredible season, but that last month or two was just kind of a slow downhill right there. Yeah, 100%. I mean, he's uh, when he operates well, the Caps were operating well, and he's he's not right now. I mean, that – like, I don't want to chalk that, that overtime goal like all – like 100% John Carlson, but, dude, that effort – like, that effort that he gave into trying to get to Barzal was, like – I'm telling you, like a 65% effort. Like he's getting, he might get scratched on a John Tortorella team for doing that shit. 100%. I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, I, I might be exaggerating there a little bit, but dude, he's getting reamed the fuck out. He took a terrible angle on one of the fastest guys in the league, and then he tries to do this fucking iffy little poke check and like doesn't even body him, dude. Why are you not skating? Like, even if you're gonna go for that angle, why are you not skating? at full speed trying to run his ass over. Why are you going for a poke check? Body him up. You are yeah, bigger than him. a weak push. Oh, yeah. You are bigger than him. You are stronger than him. Body him the fuck up and dump him in the corners. Well, how like, about, that's, what, that's what he's supposed to do there. How about communication between Dylan and Carlson? I mean, those guys should have talked that Barzell was there. I know we mentioned that Dylan didn't see him a little bit, but Carlson's got to pick up that Barzell's there. Barzell's on the ice. They got to have – they got to have that communication there. And Carlson's got to be able to support him knowing that Dylan can get beat by one of the fastest guys in the NHL. And that's well, why he didn't take the right angle. They should have known that his presence was on the ice, just like other teams know. You, well, I don't know if they do anymore, but used to know OV's on the ice. I mean, so I'll say this, like, like I don't necessarily blame, like, yeah, you do. You hundred percent, you do have to communicate, but like at that point in time, like Carlson, so the, the puck carrier is at this point, Dylan's priority. So, I mean, the gap control that he had was kind of, was pretty bad anyway. And Barzal sneaking in behind Dylan, instead of Carlson 
like yelling, hey, you got someone behind you. Carlson needs to see that Dylan is already beat, and he needs to turn so that he can beat Barzell to that near side post that he's going for. And so I, I, that's why I think it's, like, mostly on Carlson in that play. And Carlson, I mean, once he does that, he does have to rely on a forward, on a third back checker, or on that, on that first back checker to pick up the mm-hmm. third guy, yes. And then – but if Carlson does beat Barzell to that and Barzell makes a, a, a pass to the high slot and a forward's not there, then it's completely on the forwards. Carlson did his job. It's on the forwards. But mm-hmm. Carlson didn't do that. You know what I mean? He, he – I don't know what it was. I don't know if he didn't see him. I don't know if he was just like a slow first step or what it was, but he did not turn quick enough and he took the wrong angle at, at, anyway. Like even if he did turn quick enough, like who, who's to say if he took the right angle, like it's, this is simple stuff, dude. Like we're learn we learned this in Bantams and Peewees. Like I, it's, it's very, very frustrating to watch. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's – and let's not forget that that goal comes right after it's a two-shot breakaway attempt from Vrana. But, I mean, Carlson, yeah, we, we've ripped into him enough. Jensen, we talked about. He was our cap of the game last game. Blocking shots. Shots on that KP. I think you had he had, like, three across the board in terms of three blocks, three shots, all that good stuff. Yep. So, Jensen's been good. Three block shots. Yeah, Three Brendan Dillon. Yeah, Brendan Dillon has been solid. He's the guy we expect him to be. Big physical. I mean, he's not going to put up points. He's going to stay home and clear the cage for us. Orlov. Orlov's being Orlov. He's either kind of good or really, really bad. That's the he's biggest. Not, not consistent. He's really fucking bad. Yeah, it's, and he's it, not been it, great. It's been more than really fucking more really fucking bad than pretty good. I'll yeah. tell you that. And then let's look at the two game three scratches in Kempney and Siegenthaler. Siegenthaler, same thing as Dylan. You know, you, you don't expect a lot out of him in terms of offense, this, that, and the other, but he's you're good. He's a shutdown guy, and he's a shot blocker. He's one of like, he's like, he's like a top 10 shot blocker in the league. And looking at Kempney, too, he's kind of the same way. He's been up and down this series, I think. Yeah, Kemp, Kemper's had an up and down season. Uh, I like, I, I don't, I hate to say this, but I kind of think we just got lucky with him in 2018 where he had, yeah. he had one of those runs. Uh, where he just he kind of turns on the Jets a little bit and like outplays what his actual potential is. I don't that disagree there. Sense. Yeah, I do not disagree with that. Because uh, I remember getting him and I remember reading like Barstool Chiefs. Um, I remember like one of his blogs that like how we traded Kempney and he was like, "Good, like we don't want this guy. This guy sucks." And I was like, "Oh fuck, that's not good." Yeah, he the comes only thing in, he liked was his hair. Yeah, he, he comes in, he, he plays really well for us. I'm like, all right, cool. What the fuck is Barstool Chief talking about? And then ever since the, ever since that playoff run, basically, he's been very mediocre at best. Agreed. And go ahead. I mean, I don't even want to talk about those two guys. I just want to compare him to the guy they he replaced them with. Yeah, so we pull Siegenthaler, we pull Kempney, we put Faye Harvey and Gudis in. Let's talk about Gudis first because he's a guy that's been, I think, terrible this series. And we put Didn't him back in. Didn't we know he was in. awful in the in – the, Round Robin Robin game. We saw how fucking awful he was. He couldn't play up to game speed. He looked lost sometimes. I mean, we had a Flyers Flyers fan on our YouTube comment say that Gudis is about as worthless as a bag of chips. Well, he's supposed to be a physical guy, but he can't even keep up with whoever the fuck he's defending to be able to hit him. Yeah, Yeah. I completely agree. I mean, and the funniest part is, is like, like, yeah, he's supposed to be a physical guy, and he's supposed to be one of those uh, net front presence guys that just clears the front of the net. And 
he somehow is losing those battles too. He's just losing every battle. He's losing every puck battle. He's losing every net front presence battle. And it's, I do, we're just getting out beat outmatched. I mean, and he's so careless with the puck. Just if you think of the puck around the board, I mean, we kind of like, I don't want to see I don't want to say saw this coming, but Holy shit. Colorado just scored the sickest ball. Sorry. I know. I've been, <laughs> I've been watching. It's they're good. Yeah. Very um, good. Nathan McKinnon so, looks Andre Burakovsky absolutely lighting it up too. Two or three goals in the series, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. They're top, they're top like, guys are performing, man. Yeah, he's got like seven points or something like that. But anyway. Good for Groovy. Um, and Groovy, well, yeah. Back to, like back to what I was – what was I even saying at this point? Out of Gudis losing – like we're just losing all the – losing all the battles like – individually one one by one if you go down the roster pretty much when the puck battles win the game it's almost like lacrosse ground balls wins the game but yeah. i mean what i want to i want someone to try to explain to me why did we make a defensive change after games one and two we didn't yeah, just... like over offensive like, like what what fucking coach went into todd reardon's office and said hey man we need to fix this shit on defense before we fix this shit on offense hey man i know we're not scoring goals so we should definitely drop two of our guys and we're we're not even playing a team that's that great offensively like the islanders goals aren't like awesome like tic-tac goals passing the fucking puck around beating this they're playing greasy fucking hockey Mm -hmm. they're getting the dirty goals they're chipping and they're chasing and they're playing barry trout's hockey i just i don't get why we made the defensive the defensive move before an offensive move. I agree with that. So, oh, I mean, let's get into offense. I mean, this has been a big storyline is how right, – let's start with this. It obviously is no help. I'm not going to sit here and blame all three losses on this, but it plays a big impact that the loss of Nicholas Backstrom. Yes. I mean, yeah. we, we finally see a shakeup in lines. But one finally, player cannot – We finally see a shakeup in, in lines where it was backy – Osh and Ovi, and that line is just absolutely buzzing until Nikki gets concussed, and then it's back to the same old lines. That's been the big issue is n- absolutely no changes, no adjustments whatsoever on a high-powered offensive team where only three guys have goals, and there hasn't been more than two goals in a game. Yeah, I mean, Backstrom – losing Backstrom hurts in, like, so many ways. He's a, He is a, a defensive stud as a forward at this point in his career. I think he's kind of – molded his game in that aspect like where mm. this the first half of, of his career he's Spit been dish master yeah he's been a superstar he's been a superstar playmaker basically even though he doesn't get the recognition he's only been in the all-star game one year which is absolutely ridiculous but he's kind of getting a little bit slower um he's i mean he's, he's losing a little bit of skill at, or maybe not losing it but just the league is just getting so much better and better like almost every single year at this point where he has like put it on himself to become more of a defensive, a two-way Bergeron type center. Yeah, exactly. And he's and he's doing he's doing pretty well at it. And so losing him in on, in that second on that second line really hurts because then you lose Lars Eller as a third line center who is really probably a second line center on a lot of teams playing on our third line. But now Lars Eller is a mediocre second line center playing sec, playing on the second line. So it's just – I think that is, like, the bigger issue at hand is that Lars is, like, not even – not like, we don't have a scoring – we don't have a scoring threat on third line anymore. Like, Kolchuk sucks. We don't. Especially he doesn't anything. Well, Aglin sucks with the puck. We've, we've already discussed that a million times, how bad he is with the puck. I mean, he's so good defensively, so, so good as a penalty killer, 
so good at forechecking when he doesn't have the puck, mm-hmm. but as soon as the puck is on a stick, it's just like he's he's chopping onions, dude. Like he like you can hear his stick more than his skates. Well, I think Lars is the guy on that third line that's usually carrying the puck in the offensive zone. He usually okay. has the most. He's taking the most shots on that line, and that's where adding to putting him on the second line, it doesn't help Jacob Vrana. Because Vrana needs a guy that's going to set him up, get him going, and that's Nicholas Backstrom. That's not Lars Eller. Two different games. Mm-hmm. And Todd's got no nuts. I'll go out here and say this. He's got no balls when it comes to our top players and disciplining them, benching them whatsoever. He benched Vrana for, what, 10 minutes the other night, and he comes out and has three great shifts right afterwards. But then after that, nothing. Well, why don't we change the lines and stick to that? Yeah. Let's, let's talk about it. Yeah. So the biggest thing is, KP, you've mentioned this a lot. You see it a lot. When Todd changes the line, it's for, what, two shifts, and then we're back to normal. You can't, you can't do that. Two shifts is not a good sample size. It's not. You have to let Dude. it go for the game if you're going to change it. If you're going to change it, stick with it. Just because they go two shifts without a shot attempt or a goal or anything, you can't be like, fuck that. It didn't work. Let's go back to what was not working beforehand. Well, especially at, least, at this point. At least do it for a period. At least start off the period with, with changed up lines and then let it, see, let it roll for the first, like, 10 to 15 minutes and see what happens. Like, it's, it's so dumb that he's switching – he's changing lines with five minutes left in the second period. Then the third line comes up – or the third period comes up right back to what we were beforehand. Like, what are you fucking doing? How stupid are you? You're just so fucking dumb for making those changes for one fucking shift. It's not going to work in one shift. Like, what are you talking about? Uh well I I mean what what is keeping him with these lines? What is why is he so in love with these lines? Is because we won the cup with I mean I don't think the players care to play with, but that's only one I I don't know what it is that he wants these lines to be these lines. Is Kuzi is Kuzi bitching that he has to play with Ovechkin behind closed doors? Don't know. Would surprise me. Wouldn't surprise me. Let's so let's look at this. Blake posted a blog today. Uh so he used the tools from natural natural stat trick. Um, went and found offensive line combinations, defensive, defensive pairings, maxed out offensive production with no regard for defense. Um, like you said, we're down 3-0 at this point. Why not just take have some fun with it? Uh, so X goals for so – will stand for expected goals for. Um, it's, it's an approximation of the number of goals they should have scored based on when they were able to attempt shots. So this is with the assumption that Backstrom's still out. So Blake's – did his math stuff. He did all of his crazy shit. By the way, that fucking I, – I've watched that video I put together of him. It's hilarious, like, 100 times today. His John Cena entrance. Oh, yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> so, his first line was Ovechkin, Kuzi, Kuznetsov. at a 1.87 expected goals for per 60 minutes. Um, he says that this was something that we keep bringing up. In a little over of nine minutes of ice time together this regular season, this line generated a whopping 6.47 goals for per 60 minutes. Granted, that's just one actual goal scored, but I think we all kind of know the crazy amounts of offense this line could generate if you give them a chance. And we um, need offense. So that was the first line? Yeah. So I'll read that through. Was the, that was the lowest one, wasn't it? Yeah. So let me. I'll read through these. I'll kind of, kind of get your immediate reaction, then I'll ask you both kind of what your ideal scenario of lines would be. Second line, Vrana Eller-Wilson. Uh, 4.58 goals for expected goals for per 60 minutes during 32 minutes of ice time together. These three put up a ton of shot attempts. Granted also allowed a bunch, but that isn't the point of obviously the blog he wrote. Um, They're able to score in a pretty decent number of these attempts, averaging only th- averaging over three goals for per 60 minutes legitimately. So Rana Eller Wilson, Rana Eller Wilson, like don't I hate don't it. love it, but I don't hate it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? 
I can like, see it working. I kind of want to see. Now, I, this has nothing to do with statistics that uh, that Blake is like putting together. Like this is just kind of like my natural instinct. I kind of want to see Verona. I know Verona can't score right now, and Hagelin sucks at the puck. But if you put those two on a line together, how fucking fast are they, dude? With Oshie playing center, maybe or some bullshit like that. Uh, uh, Travis Boyd. Travis Boyd. Dude, Boyd is Boyd is a solid playmaker when he has a puck on a stick. And he's the guy we pulled out of the lineup last game. I didn't really hate that decision because we put what was the Fino in, but um. I- I mean, I didn't, been playing, Kino, I didn't so. love it, but Boyd's been playing great. So, third line, Haglin, Boyd, Oshie at 2.93 uh, per 60 minutes. So, I like this because I think Haglin and Oshie are very creative players, and I think they, they'd go well with each other, and you're going to get that same solid play with Boyd. Yeah. And then yeah, fourth line, so yeah, And then fourth line, obviously, panicked out Hathaway at 3.28 for 60. That's the fourth line that's stuck. The fourth line has by far been our best in the playoffs. The fourth line grind. Obviously, they don't get – they get chances. They're not scoring a lot of goals. They haven't scored any goals, really. But you can't put that on them. I mean, none of them are elite goal scorers. None of them are expected to put the puck in the net. But the fact that they're getting all of our chances, like our sustained pressure, and they're just uh, – they get the puck and they just fire it on that and crash, man. They have, they have that feed the chicken mentality, and that's what we need. Unfortunately, like I said, they haven't been able to put one in yet. But that's a line that's been great for us. They've I'll had some it. of the better shifts out of the three games. They've had some better four checks, better shifts, better <laughs> opportunities than even the first line. Yeah, they cycle the puck well. They cycle the puck very, very well. They they just they they make it hard on their on the defense on the defense of the Islanders. Um, they're they're always they're always putting a body on. It's dude. It's literally when you watch them, like they might not generate a ton of scoring opportunities, but what they do is they just keep the puck along the boards in the other team's defensive end. Which I mean, right. as a fourth line. It's kind of what you need to do. I mean, you look at like Matt Martin, Casey Zizekas, and Cal Clutterbuck. They do the same fucking shit, and they fucking they're a very good. I, I think at this point they're not even their fourth line. I think it's just like it could be their first line. That's the they, best. They, that's the best fourth line in hockey. If you ask. I don't know what line is what line on that team because they just they all play like sixteen minutes a night. And that's right. It. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, it's just kind of nuts. I mean, uh, so let's start with this, KP. What do you think? I mean, what would your ideal kind of lines be? I mean, we'll, we'll we'll leave out the bottom six. Let's just look at the top two. Let's look at the top six, I should say. Line one, line two. We need goals. What are we doing? Line one, I want Kovalchuk, Kuznetsov, Ovechkin. We made the fucking trade for Kovalchuk. Let's use him. Let's put him on the fourth. This could be his last game. Put him on the first line. Let him produce offense. He's with two two of the best players in the NHL. There should be no excuse. If he's got something left in the take, he's got to prove it this last game. I think we gotta we gotta we gotta play with that top line. I've been calling for it. Defense defensive liability is out the window. We need offense. Yeah, don't care. I mean, you bring Kovalchuk in to try to reignite that elite goal scoring ability he had, and what better way to do it than put him with his two of his best friends and two countrymen he's played his whole career with. So outside of the NHL, sorry. I've got a bold take here that probably no one's gonna like. Mm-hmm. What about Lars Ovechkin Oshi? I don't hate that. And then you have Kuznetsov, Kovalchuk, Vrana. You got speed with Vrana and Kovalchuk. Because uh, the only reason why I'm thinking this in my head right now, yeah, that second line, holy shit, defensive liabilities out the ass, even more than the mm-hmm. Ovi Kuzi Kovi line. But I, 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 for some reason, I just think I, I love the Ov Oshi wing combination because 
again, I always say this when when Oshi is on a line with Ovi, his his creativity like he it opens up space for him a little bit, and his creativity comes out of nowhere, and he just play. It feels like he plays a little harder, so that's why I like that. Um, I like Lars to be a kind of a defensive responsibility with Ov, and regards to that second line, you have Rana with all the speed where Kuzi can make like a two line pass, like he can make a pass from his own defensive end and maybe try to break Vrana for a breakaway. One, two, Vrana and Kolchuk are both the types of players that need someone else to kind of set them up. Who's who else on our team can set up other people better than Kolchuk? Or I mean, better than Kuznetsov? Like no one. So I like I I don't like it. Well, I do. I it, do like that line. I. It, it could like be it. yeah. It could be a huge failure, or it could be a like a, a huge success for like one game or two games. Well, at you know this what point, I mean? we failures out the window. Try fucking anything, something, yeah. something different, something creative, something to spark this offense. What have they played and, five five games now with no yeah. real offense? Yeah. So that's that's kind of my thinking, and then who knows if fucking Backstrom comes back. If Backstrom's back, I want him a thousand Kobe. percent to. To go Backstrom, OV, Oshi. I yeah. want that line. Mm-hmm. I'm in love with that line. Um, and then who do you go? Then who do you go? He skated today okay. with the Black Aces. Team had, to, team had the day off. He skated with the Black Aces. But yeah. I think that what I saw was concussions are usually, what, a six-day protocol at least. And game one was last Tuesday. So, I mean, it's a week, maybe. Either way, in the top six, I think we're all in, in, a, in a consensus here that Give Kolbachuk a top six, a top six spot for at least half the game, or at least the first period. Like, yes. he, I don't think he's had a top six spot for for more than like two shifts at a time. Mm-hmm. So give him top six minutes for at least a period, maybe even two, depending on how well he's doing, on how well they're doing. Like he, that, that's why you got him. That's literally the reason why you got him. All right, so we'll we'll start to end it up with this. We're we're bringing back Unleash the Fury. It's if you if you just joined on and you didn't hear it back when we've been doing this, it's we pretty much take tweets or Facebook posts or Instagram comments and we read the dumbest ones, so the dumbest Caps fans, this that and the other. But this time, we can't say that because we agree with a lot of these. So I'm kind of just scrolling through right now. I mean, will Reardon adjust for Game Four? Of course, the fuck not. Do the same thing. If it doesn't work, do it again. This team yeah. is dreadful to be a fan of. Uh, you can't I say mean, that. Jesus, man. People, we've been saying that for go down about one playoff series. No, I mean, I completely agree with this guy. I mean, it's, it's exactly what we were saying. Like, he, he doesn't he just make won a cup two years ago. You can't bitch about being a Caps fan. Oh, no, no. I was, I was talking about the Reardon thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Todd Reardon, like, what's he going to do? Make an adjust or what do you say? To not make any changes and see if it works again? Yeah, he said if you don't make any doesn't work, fuck it. Keep going with your what you're going with. <laughs> like uh, that's exactly what Reardon's been doing. It's, it's yeah, like this, this guy is hundred percent on point right now. Disgraceful. They got fat and happy after winning the cup. Tail, Ted failed to pony up the money for trots. Time for a house cleaning. Holy, holy agree. Check mark on that. Fucking bookmark it. Put it on the fucking Veri- or not Verizon Center. Fucking Capital One Arena. Fire Reardon, reassign Holpe to the World Junior team, trade everyone not named Ovi and Backstrom, and fire Todd Reardon. 
Right. Well, he said fire Todd Reardon twice. There's, there's, well, I like those two, but the rest of it was a little trade everyone except for Ovi and Backstrom. I mean, yeah, yeah, slow down there, guy. Fans, I mean, it's pretty much all trashing Todd Reardon. I mean, I could read these for days. Can't lose in the second round if you get swept in the first round, so this will be back to back. Shoot Vrana into the sun. I agree. <laughs> for now. Oh, fuck. No more Holpy, please. I don't get that. That's kind of stupid. That's really stupid. Fire GMBM. Uh, no, nah, give him, give him, give him one more coach. And if he doesn't fire, if he doesn't fire Todd Reardon, then fire GMBM to get someone else to fire Todd Reardon. So, so I did see this. I, I saw someone tweet like Vrana, um, Vrana was like 11th in five on five goals this, this season. Mm-hmm. Why are cats, why are cats fans complaining about Vrana or something like that? Uh, there's also a glaring stat that he has three goals in 36 playoff games. Yeah, it's yeah. Not if you good. don't show up in the playoffs, you're out. Well, that is absurdly bad. Yeah, he's he's got. What do you say? Three goals in how many playoff games? In 36 or something like that. I mean, I don't. Granted, wasn't I don't, he a rookie in 2018? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Probably. I'm Let's pretty think, sure was a, that was his he's rookie. He's still in the second line. Yeah, I'm trying to think yeah. of those three goals. No. Obviously, one was Game Five, Vegas. I mean, he had, did he score in Carolina series last year? I don't know. He's no, had three. He did he's, not, he's had three fucking breakaways. Is he this, didn't score in the Carolina series. They say they they said he hasn't scored in a playoff game in two years or something like that. So since 2018. Yeah. Jeez. So that's I bad. mean that's I knew it was bad, good. but I didn't think it was that bad until you just read me that stat. Maybe we yeah. can trade him from Barakowski straight up. No. I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, we yeah. got obviously got to give him time. We got to give him more time to develop. But I don't know. It's kind of weird. He's got the fundamentals. He's got the skill. It's it's a lack of confidence issue. That's what I think. I think it's when he's also, got the confidence. He's a who can that boy fly? I think it's also it could be that he just doesn't match the type of play that the Caps play now, the style of play that the Caps have now. Like we're kind of we've kind of turned into this elite offense into like a ground and pound team where we're just big and we hit and we're physical. Vrana's not that. And it, and especially when it comes to playoffs, like Vrana, to be quite honest, reminds me a lot of Burakovsky where he's fast and he, and he has hands and he can shoot. But when it comes to the playoffs, like that's not the type of style of hockey that we have. Cause he's the, like, you can't, you can't have that with only one player. You need a full team of it. Like the Colorado Avalanche, they're all fast as fuck. They all have hands. They all play with a, a certain style. Uh-huh. Burakovsky is flourishing in that in that style of hockey right now. I think Vrana would too, but we are trying to out hit teams, and Vrana doesn't do that. Right. Uh, I see a lot of tweets in here about hiring Gerard Gallant too, which I don't hate. I don't hate that either. I don't <laughs> hate it one at all. bit. Um, so let's get to this. Let's let's end the episode with this. Final predictions, realistic predictions. KP, what are you actually thinking? Caps lose in game six. So it goes to six still, I think, but Caps still lose. Sorry, I was thinking there. So Islanders and six. Islanders and six is my final prediction. I'd say Islanders and five. I think we get one. I think we get one. I hope we get one. Just give yeah, me I one. Think, I agree. I think I think we do get one. But I think Trout shuts the door on us. Yeah. And- I think we get one, kind of put some hope back into us, and then Trot squashes it in game five. Yeah, very true. If another team shows up, I mean, I could see a game seven happening. I don't 
don't think it's totally out of the picture where yeah. I guess I would say in other series, like when teams are getting totally blown out, yes, the yeah. Islanders are playing better than us, but I think the Islanders might be playing their best hockey where we have a whole nother level. I mean, they're what? Five, but for four three, games in a row. six and one in the hard. bubble. And we're what? One, four and one, one, five right. and one they're in the playing bubble. the top of their game. So, eh, it is what it is. AB? Uh, I I agree. I think Islanders. I I think Islanders in five. I think he shuts the door on us. That's all. That's yeah. all I got. I mean, I just, I I do think we'll. I do think we'll scrape away a win in in game four. Uh, I think Holpe kind of stands on his head again. That, I mean, that's what I said from the get go. The only reason, the only way we win a Stanley Cup this year is if Holpe fucking plays out of his goddamn mind. Yeah, we said that for the playoffs started. Yeah, and so I I, I don't know. I think he might. Yeah. So I mean it 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 takes I keep seeing this shit on Twitter and stuff from the players where it's just you one may, game. It's like it's one yeah, more one. game. It takes one game to win. Well, it also takes one more game to pack our shit and head home for the summer. So and we're out of the bubble. So that's Do all the I boys got. Want an early early road trip or what? I mean, maybe they want to come home. Fuck. Maybe. Who knows? So that's all we got, guys. Game four tonight. See if the Caps will stay alive. We'll see you next week. Tonight, check us out. Twitter Live. That's all I got. Peace. Hop on the post-game show.